Vivette and welcome to the Malware Tech Podcast. This is our October Halloween special episode, I guess. Uh, this is Dr. Tran uh, coming to you from Los Angeles. I'm back in LA for a couple weeks. Uh, obviously with us is uh, our unicorn, uh, Malware Tech. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I'm making, I don't actually know if it counts as a cocktail, but um, I'm pouring vodka into my coconut. And that is not a unicorn. That's the most California thing I've ever seen in my life. Yep. <laughs> you should add some kale. I would. I should have done it with a po uh, pumpkin, but I couldn't find any in time. I have a little copper pumpkin. It's like a mocktail meal mug. I my, my horn's going flaccid. <laughs> <laughs> from the east coast is our, our lovely skeleton uh gab smash i don't i can't think of anything snarky to say but i have a higher iq than you so. <laughs> is 197 possible like what's the highest i don't even know what the highest Maryland is savant. Uh, mine is like but i 12. have 15 percent of your password so i think that's all that matters <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, and then joining us uh, from Seattle again is uh, Tara and Deviant. Hello. I'm just here to fix the elevators, man. I don't know. You got the system all screwed up. <laughs> I'm just dressed like Thursday. You don't have to escort me. I'll see yeah. myself to back to the wiring room. This is the start of a bad movie. <laughs> oh, God willing. We don't have to do this podcast. I can just shut this off now. <laughs> God, stop. No, no. Keep it rolling. We're not going to react to this situation. Oh, God. <laughs> Please stop. What if, I I, I kind of envy the, uh, the, the, the Spotify. What if, sort of what if the whole podcast that. was just a strip team? I mean, I think we'd get more views. Than we would get way made. more views. <laughs> <laughs> to a point. The OnlyFans podcast. All right. So I think today we have a couple random topics. Uh, I mean, recently in the news, a couple interesting things. Um, some election tampering news that has come out this week. Uh, we've had some uh, news about Twitter again that we'll talk a little bit about. And I think we're also going to talk about things like disinformation and just other spooky Halloween themed uh, topics for the viewers and listeners to get to know us a little bit better or just get completely creeped out by who I we are. I think the latter. If you Absolutely. haven't been creeped out by who I am yet, then like, I don't know I mean, what's wrong with you. <laughs> I'm very resilient. I have weird friends. Thank you. That's so sweet of you to say. That. <laughs> Where? <laughs> so what are we starting with? The election. The, uh, the election thing? The election caught yeah. a lot of us off guard. Like, people yeah. were just sharing in Slack. Like, yeah. hey, FBI is about to say a thing about elections. Yeah. How many of you watched it live? So I actually did, I did not read it or see it. So maybe someone give kind of the quick 30-second overview of what the heck happened. I saw the headlines, but I didn't know what the um, details were. Yeah, is this so, the Iran thing, right? Oh, you want to go? Well, yeah. it's both, actually. Yeah. So it, how many people saw reports of emails, like voter intimidation emails a couple days ago? They were mostly, I think, focused in Florida. Mm -hmm. Did anyone see that? People were getting emails saying, you are a registered Democrat. The Proud Boys are watching you, you know, watch mm -hmm. your shit out. We're going to, you should change your voter status to Republican and vote for Trump. We are monitoring you. Mm -hmm. And they were being sent to people's actual information. They were, they contained real information ostensibly because people have the voter databases from certain regions. Uh, as Matt Blaze pointed out on Twitter, most voting information for registration rolls in America is public. So this isn't necessarily a data breach. It was probably a data scrape. 
And could those systems be better? Probably to prevent data scraping, yeah. But whoever did this was spoofing emails, I think through Eastern Europe was mm -hmm. this sending relay, and the FBI and others were involved, eventually attributing it as best they could, ostensibly to Iran. And it's a weird, it was like a really sloppy campaign, especially when you consider, as some people have pointed out, that you'd think the Iranians don't want Trump. So what's going on here? But the real fun thing for a lot of us was the tap dance sort of press conference of the FBI, where they gave wide credit to the intelligence community broadly. And some people from the election security division and, and the, I guess, the deputy director maybe of the FBI, I think, spoke. But people were, you know, live tweeting about things like, you know, and these hackers are attempting to attack our president and his. So people instantly were like, oh, what is the FBI doing carrying water for Trump? But other people were saying things like, you know, somebody slipped that line in there literally so that the MAGA hatted Fox News crowd doesn't just call this fake news. Right. Um, and that we have to, like, make crazy QAnon people take it seriously. So that's what they, they said. Basically, it was I thought it was very measured. I thought it was. You know, don't trust everything you hear. Think before you click and share on Facebook. Our elections could always be more secure and we shall, you know, bring perpetrators to justice. Those who would, I was blown away. I think I have a tweet where it's like, those who are trying to interfere with our process of democracy must be caught to justice and punished severely. And I was like, <laughs> does that include like gerrymandering? Because that's yeah. kind of the big one. <laughs> you doing anything about that? No, nobody. Crickets. Okay. But that's what this was about. It was about mostly that and more broadly calling attention to things that some in our community have tried to talk about. And you got some press about it, uh, requests about it. I got some people pinging me. Uh, we both work with some election security type people. I don't know if you folk got reached out to or just saw it scroll by in your Twitter and Slack and such. Yeah, I'm working with the election cyber surge people. So they're kind of a little back and forth with some of mm -hmm. them up there. And this came right on the heels of um, an article about 4chan and 8chan people you know, pointing out sort of vulnerabilities of screwing with people's votes, some of which are accurate, some are not entirely accurate in that piece that came out. For example, in Mo like we live in Washington State, uh, New Jersey, Nevada, I believe, uses all the same software where on the web you can, with just a name and a birth date, like I can log in and see my voter registration. This is how stalkers target their exes and such. Oh, yeah. You can log in with someone's name and birth date, which is both relatively unchangeable. And you will get their current voter registration. You will get things like their address and contact information. One of the things, however, especially in heavy vote by mail states like ours, is there's something called an online ballot. This is not online voting, but if your ballot fails to arrive in the mail, you can click and say, I want to print my ballot and I'll mail it in myself. I don't have the, self, the, the prepaid envelope, but like I'll pay for a stamp. It's provisional that way, but yeah, you right. can do that. Well, if you click, not even if you use it, but if you just click, I want an online ballot to print at home, it will invalidate the other ballot. So technically, with just someone's name and birth date and a little bit of, I don't know, no one really is clear on what the error checking is upstream. You could, in theory, invalidate someone's legit mail-in ballot without ever touching them, their house, or their ballot. And now combine that with something that I've seen in, I'm not going to name the counties and states, but I've made a report personally at least once trying to reach somebody in security in, at a local election board to tell them that on their, um, on their site, they have a visible, easy to find, trivial SQL injection issue with voter lookup records. So 
uh, you can do an awful lot of crazy stuff with that. And I've tried to report it before. One of the problems we're seeing with a lot of the local and state election boards is that they don't have anyone there to even take vulnerability reports. Um, it's I, I was nervous just clicking send on the email because I wasn't sure if the person on the other end would understand I was trying to help, not threaten them. So we're, we're having this problem just not even knowing where to send stuff right now. Then you get to the issue of celebrities tweeting to people in local and important elections to vote. And that was the thing I was talking about like yesterday and day before. We can't tell celebrities don't vote or don't, don't tweet about elections because that's bad for democracy. Um, and it's also pointing out that there's local election infrastructure issues and a lack of cybersecurity skills. Yeah, I know one of the things with the election stuff too that we're kind of supposed to be stepping in and doing is being that translation for local government. So when, if somebody does report something or if they discover an issue, we're supposed to be able to say, okay, like this is what it is. This is how you fix it and kind of remediate, help them remediate it when they might not otherwise have the resources to. So I don't know. I, I, I think it's, it's good, but I don't think it's enough. Um, I mean, this needs to be like an actual thing that someone does. I mean, Tech, is is voting the UK as much of a dumpster fire as it is here in the States? Uh, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> so there is like issues with, uh, so we have something called the electoral register, which is basically the equivalent of your registering to vote uh, with your state government. That's national in the UK. And um, the default setting is to essentially put all of that data public so that marketing companies can use it. And then uh, if you if you opt out of the public, uh, being like having your address and your name and your voting published, you um, people can still get access to it. Like it's not a very secure system. I don't know if it's online, but it's very easy to just make some calls to the local, uh, like uh, the local council and be like, hey, can I get this person's uh, like name and address? And I had so many problems with it that I was like, okay, I'm just not going to register to vote. And then they're like, you legally have to register to vote. That's an 80 pound a year fine. And I'm like, this sounds like okay. a subscription service for an anonymity. So I ended up just not <laughs> registering to vote for like years because like they couldn't keep my name and address secure. Yeah, I think Emily Gorshansky and some others have talked about there are provisions in the U.S. for sort of anonymizing or protecting your voter roll entry, but it requires tons of like paperwork. It requires extra fees and a lot of bullshit. Yeah, it's uh, the same it's, in the U.K. Yeah. for like uh, victims of like domestic abuse, stalking. Right, yeah. You can apply for like anonymous register access or something. Mm -hmm. uh, the same applies to companies you can have anonymous companies but like as you said you have to go through a lot of paperwork to get that in one of the problems with um the the need to keep your information private because of stalkers or domestic violence is one of the things that would let you get your information redacted from the online avail from online availability is a temporary restraining order but the problem is along with tro's and along with um the kind of court cases that someone goes through when they're experienced violence of any kind those roles are public as well. So it doesn't do any good to get your information removed from one public record only to have it entered into another public record. Mm. Yeah, it's tricky because you've got you've to apply for the, the TRO application to also be sealed, which you have to apply for as well. Mm -hmm. So like if they, if they refuse to seal it, then your application to seal it, the TRO mm -hmm. and everything else is public. 
That's the one thing I don't like. Well, I don't know if I don't like it or if I do like it, but uh, in the UK, court records are not public, whereas in the US, everything is just publicly available online. And I, I can't decide if I like that or not. Like, I don't like it for me, but I like being able to, like, look up someone's name and be like, okay, this is, like, their charges. They've been through these procedures. But I, I feel like it's horrible for personal security. Yeah. It almost reminds me of that joke uh, with people requesting a Freedom of Information Act request with their name, and then they get back the report, and there's only one entry, request for a Freedom of Information yeah. Act, <laughs> something like that. I was too scared to do mine. I think it would just piss people off. I did, I did kind of want to request my uh, FBI case file so that I could have my mugshot as like uh, get it framed or something, but that was the, oh, yeah. the only reason for me to do it. Do you remember that year at RSA, uh, we were walking through the, the vendor area and the FBI had a booth and they had that big cardboard cutout with the circle in it so you can put your face in. It says wanted and really big letters over it. And I tried to convince <laughs> you to take a picture with it. Yeah, I was a little worried that uh, they would recognize me, which they probably would have. <laughs> and it, I was like, <laughs> I was still indicted at the time. So it would have been kind of a big fuck you. Do you think we've seen the last of like crazy election news until like November 4th or it's are we going to see more? No. Well, I'm saying on the no, 4th, are we going not. to see like, cause I don't consider it done until the next morning, but even then no one should be expecting results. Mm -hmm. Results weeks. may not be there for six weeks after the election. Yeah, I think they're going to screw with the results. There's going to be some kind of delay and they're going to be like, it's rigged. Uh, like this delay is rigging the election against us. And then there's going to be like a huge fight. Or, uh, or something's going to happen that actually delays the election. I thought that would have been Trump's COVID, is I thought that that was going to be the big thing, is he's going to be like, I'm out of action till the election, we need to postpone this. And everyone's like, what the fuck? No, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought that was going to be a much bigger deal than it turned out to be. When it comes to the US election, people are mistaking instantaneous results for results with integrity. And that's kind of the problem here. In actuality, we want to be careful, safe, check our work, go back and recount things if we want and need to. And everybody needs to be patient for possibly weeks afterwards. Instead, that's just the opportunity for people to claim that shenanigans are occurring. I mean, that's kind yeah. of... Tell that... No, you can go, go ahead because I'm going on a tangent. <laughs> I was going to say, it, I mean, tell that to some of the news outlets that basically pre-write their articles for which candidate they <laughs> think is going to win. Like in 2016, um, one of the major magazines... Yeah. Pub, like actually sent out the um the magazines and printed it uh madam president mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> they sent they actually sent it out it was hilarious they had to re recall mm -hmm. all of them i mean they were all so sure she was gonna win that they probably only wrote an article for for president clinton and then they're like shit we don't have anything uh, we could accidentally hit send yeah good reminder go vote everybody <laughs> if you don't i will fight you crazy right no, I mean, the thing I was going to say with that is it's really crazy how we take inconvenience and prioritize it over, um, like you said, integrity. Even, I mean, with medical tests, we see the same thing, right? We see mm -hmm. the rapid results. Everyone wants their results now, next day. And those aren't always as correct. I don't, I'm like, I'm so out of it today. Those aren't always as reliable as the tests that take a couple of 
days in a lab because someone is physically looking at your results. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there's a lot of things. I mean, you, I'm sure you can come up with a lot of things where we've kind of prioritized that whole I want it now attitude over whether it's actually worth what we're trying to get. I think people just want that convenience. Like you said, it's that instant gratification piece of it. Um, and it's, it's a trade-off and not everyone understands that trade-off. Yeah, and sometimes I mean, it's worth it. If you're mm-hmm. hosting, I don't know, a graduation ceremony or something where people have to show up in person, like to get certified to drive a truck, being able to have a slightly, if a somewhat good efficacy test that takes mm-hmm. 20 minutes, as opposed to a ironclad efficacy that takes 24 hours. Being able to test people on site as they arrive and do your best to like manage COVID, I get it. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely, definitely there. Um, I just, in the grand scheme of things with certain things, I mean, I've seen even just with like other diseases and stuff like that, where people take the instant test result as an absolute, it shouldn't be taken that way. Mm-hmm. It's scary. Well, in that field, uh, I mean, that's why that company uh, with the with all the fraud, Theranos, that's why oh, it was Theranos. so popular because everyone yeah. wanted the instant okay. results. That book, if you haven't read it, is yeah. so good. Bad Blood, the book, that, yeah. the tell-all. I really want to read that. so yeah. good. I have it on my shelf. I'll send it to you. I would be super, super into that, mostly because I'm pretty much into reading anyone, anything that's called Bad Blood yeah. to begin with. But yeah, I'm cool with that. It's a really, it's a good read. I mean, it's just, there's so much stuff where you're just reading it and you're like, oh my mm-hmm. God, I can't believe they're publicizing this. Like, how did, how did Elizabeth Holmes get through the vicious hazing of like having to have every one of her I's and T's like dotted and crossed as a woman trying to succeed in biomedicine and in, in, in biotech? How did she succeed at that level? Is she, was she a mini Trump, like she what had the hell? old white men on her side. She had old white men on her side. You know, That's old all. white men. I'm telling you, they've got something going on for them. <laughs> she did. Um, I mean, yeah, she. It was part of like it wasn't the family business necessarily, but I think her dad was a high ranking exec at like a pharmaceutical company. Yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. um, she was also just really manipulative, mm-hmm. like really like you. It, she was charismatic. She was one of those people where she talked and you believed everything she said, whether she had the science to back it up or not. The reality distortion field. She tried to yeah. dress. Yeah, she tried to dress like uh, yeah. Steve Jobs. She deepened her voice in public mm-hmm. settings, and I mean, she did all these little things to manage the perception um, of her. And once you get a couple people of influence supporting you, you just let them do the job of convincing others. Mm. But yeah, no, she's like, um, I have no doubt that she's a genius, just maybe not the um, an yeah. ethical one. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. When I was yeah. working in that field too, when everything came out, um, my I didn't come from a security background. I came from a genetic science and um, regulatory science background. So mm-hmm. that was like a huge deal because we were working on FDA sanctioned studies at that time. And we were just like, oh my God, we dodged a bullet by not working on this one. But the amount of disinformation that was coming out of that company as well um, the, 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 the marketing that they were doing, the promises that they mm. were making, and then they were basically just trying to make it work by basically sending the blood oh, to yeah. labs to try to do the test. So they weren't even using, they were their using own equipment. Siemens machines. But yeah. 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 They were, they were just, just a lot of lies and, and disinformation. Yeah. 
And I mean, the thing with misinformation is, I know it's it's become a hot button topic, and I feel like it generally has in the last few elections and stuff like that. But um, it's been around for forever. I mean, there's a thing. There's a thing that I've been telling people that are talking to me about cyber warfare and the the concept of disinformation as a tactic in cyber warfare, and the thing I have said um, on multiple occasions about it first is. We used to call disinformation propaganda, but nobody's offering $50 million charitable grants to create studies to study propaganda. Yeah. Uh, so you call it disinformation now so that you can get grant money to study it. But it's been around for a while. It's been around since, I think, the Melian Dialogue in Thucydides and the Peloponnesian War, where they said, spread the word, we're coming, right? After the, uh, you know, the strong do as they may and the weak suffer what they must. Get ready. The second thing is that there's this really... Um, both great and terrible doorstop fantasy series called um, the um, the Sword of Truth series. This is the the Tales of the Seeker. If you ever watched the old show, but it's a a series of books by a guy named Terry Goodkin. The first book is called Wizard's First Rule, and there's a kind of a wizard's rule in each one of these books. The first one that is the most it's the most powerful thing imaginable in this very pulpy fantasy series is, in the absence of any other information, people will believe what they've been told. And it's one of the most powerful things you can imagine in the universe. Just tell people something. And if they haven't heard anything else first, they'll believe you. That's the power of the first impression and misinformation or disinformation or propaganda. If they haven't been told anything different, they'll believe you. Absolutely. And that's terrifying. It is. And I mean, even surrounding elections, it's been around for, I would say, the better part of the last century, if not longer, just in the United States. Um, but I did, I went to a really interesting talk. Um, they put it on locally. And this guy had written a book. I'll have to link the book because it looked really interesting. I haven't got to read it yet. But he basically goes into, you know, the history of disinformation surrounding elections and just kind of what the campaigns used to look like, what they kind of look like now. Um, he, this, he gave the talk through Yale. I don't know. He's some studied doctor. So. Oh, yeah. Like people think that our elections are a bloody mess. Like some of the, the elections in the like kind of the 1820s, 1830s, just just beyond comically vicious in terms of lies. And yeah, Tammany Hall politics in the Northeast. Oh, yeah. I mean, our elections used to be you would kill the guy in charge and then you were in charge. So, I mean, it's got better. <laughs> Has it though? It's no, no, I don't think it has. Well, it's not just killing them. It, it's killing all of their heirs, too, so there's no one else who has a claim yes. to it. Like you would just cut off the king's head, and then you were the king. It's like, I, I don't know if it's better than today's system. <laughs> I think it's better in it some ways. It didn't work well for Kathy Griffin. Yeah. I think it's better in some ways now, but I think social media has also made it very much worse in many ways. You didn't have the election cycle like you didn't have to hear like political bullshit for the three months prior it would just be like ah oh, someone's killed the dude again he's he's now the leader which i think mentally that's probably a lot more healthy than whatever this shit is because like i've had to turn off politics on twitter like i cannot do any more at this point it's just so much it's like i'm just like my mental health cannot take any more of this bullshit like it's time to turn it off it's oversaturation. Oh, I mean, no matter what channel you go on, no matter what type of social media, there's politics everywhere. It's everywhere, and you've got to you got to have an opinion on it too. Mm -hmm. I I have landed a small plane seven times today, and flying a plane was the third most stressful thing. I've done 
when it, when it comes to talking about politics, elections, disinformation, incident responses for local campaigns, it's crazy. The level of energy that it is taking to just kind of like stay emotionally level while processing anything that's happening right now and just not begin screaming at the top of my lungs is insane. Yeah. Uh, it's, like it's insane. It's very new for me because like where I grew up, politics was not such a like there would there would be a bit of noise like in the weeks prior to the the general elections, but you did not have like this level of discourse. And it's just weird. And it's like seeing the yard signs and the people with like Trump 2020 on there, like actually like painted on their truck. And you're just like, holy shit, this is like an entirely different world. Like Welcome these people, to the shit show. yeah, like these people don't, they are not voting for politicians. They live the politicians. Like they are celebrities. It's like sports teams for some people. Yeah, it's they're, crazy. They're like like the, the, just like the people who are super into a team because they live in like a really depressed economy and their city's gone to shit ever since like the factory closed and that's Seahawks. all they got you know they're, Sorry. They're, they're just they need something to latch <laughs> yeah. on to so i mean like sack people who have kind of pathetic lives hey are just like yeah that's my team Seahawks. that team Twice. okay you're preaching to the choir i live in boston territory now so i've got the freaking patriots i've got the socks i've got the bruins and nobody ever shuts up about any of them. <laughs> it's been a while since I've been back to the UK, but when I left, it was like the level of support for a politician was like, I'm voting for this guy. He's a bit of a twat, but I'm voting for him. And then and you like, guys cue politely. Yes. <laughs> it is our pastime, is our hobby. I don't know if I. I had to. <laughs> Do you just automatically join lines? Like, whatever you see when you get into the end of so it, you was, just uh, see that. Have you seen that study? Yeah, there was a... Uh, I don't know if it was a study, but it was, like, a prank show, and people would just go and stand in, a, like, a store somewhere, and people would come and queue up behind them, and they would have no idea what the queue was for. They would just see a queue and join it. I think there was some kind of behavioral study that was done on the team as well. Yeah. If they're waiting for something, it must be. I mean, it goes a lot. It goes back to the herd mentality, right? I mean, it, it's the same thing as even like the bystander effect. Like once one person calls 911, like 12 people call 911. But like until one person calls. It takes that first person yeah, to do Yeah, until someone it, yeah. calls, everyone's just standing there watching whatever hell is unfolding in front of them until someone like figures it out. My theory is that there is no line I should ever stand in at all. Either I can order it on the internet or I can find a way to sneak in the back. But there's just no line that I ever want to stand in ever again. I, mean, don't I don't think I've stood DMV? in a line since hot dogs closed in Chicago. <laughs> oh, my God. Let me tell you my DMV story. <laughs> Speaking of something scary, it was, DMVs. It, it took me a long time. So I, they're appointment only here because Connecticut's like yeah. still super COVID paranoid, which is fine with me. Like, whatever. I was like, oh, cool. I made an appointment. Like, you couldn't get one for a month out. So I was like, that's. Cool. Whatever. It'll probably be quicker because I have an appointment. Not the case. I got there. Before I could even go in the building, it was an hour. Like, the line was, like, around the building. So, like, I got there at, like, 1230. My appointment was at, like, 1. But I'm, I like to be early. And didn't get to go in the building until 1.30. Because, like, they had everyone waiting outside and social distancing. And then when you went inside, you had to stand on, like, these X's that were taped on the floor and stuff. I mean, they were really methodical about it. I appreciate that. But yeah, you had to like then I had to go to the one counter and produce all of my documents and pay 
And then they were like, okay, cool. Now get back in line. And you have to wait again to go to the counter where they touched your vision. So like I waited in line again and went to that counter. And then they're like, cool. Now that you've done that, like get back in line. And then we'll, we'll <laughs> they're like, come back to the, when you get back up to the counter, we'll give you your stuff back and like your temporary license. And I was just like, oh my God, I was there for like almost four hours. That's horrible. It was crazy. I mean, it was, I was like glad that I got it over with because I needed a license. I mean, whatever. But I was like, this is insane. Like, and people were getting pissed and that made me feel bad because I hate when people like stand there and scream at the poor people that are working there for no reason. But (laughs) I was just like, it's not their fault. It's just a crappy system all around. I don't know. And nobody there could have changed any of that. Mm -hmm. Which is sad. I'm sure somebody there was a jerk to to the people that were there. I have to go get my driving license at some point. And uh, they've done the opposite during COVID. They've banned appointments. So now there's only walk-ins, which I don't know how that makes sense. So you just have to turn up and queue. Or or line, as they call it in America. Mm -hmm. And it's like... It means you have to get there super early yeah, in the morning, early. maybe hours before it opens to Camp stand out, in the like queue, the so store. that way you're the first that one. That means you have to wake up in the morning, Malware. I don't do that. I, will, <laughs> I know. I'll, I'll set up a tent like outside the DMV, just like pretend I'm homeless until it opens, and then I'll just, I'll be there. We call that Black Friday. Yeah. I'll like go on Black Friday. That'll be, the, I'll blend in with the crowd. That'll be. I don't know, I think that's a national holiday. I don't think anyone goes open. to the DMV on Black Friday. And you're a foot taller than the rest of the crowd. How are you going to blend? <laughs> I mean, like, I'd rather go to DMV on Black Friday than do any of the Black Friday things. That's fair. That's a really good idea. It really is. <laughs> Actually, I bet there's that's a really good there. idea. I bet it's mm-hmm. a holiday. But if it wasn't a holiday, I bet there would be nobody there. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Cool. What was guys. our other topic? We started on the election and then veered hard. Was the other one going to be... Somebody tr- mentioned Russia and then we just was, went to Trump's password. Twitter password. Oh my God. <laughs> it was the password. So the background on that is a Dutch security yep. researcher mm-hmm. basically guessed his password. Mm-hmm. There was no two-factor authentication. Uh, this researcher also got into his Twitter account back in 2016. So he thought, hey, let me try it again. <laughs> let me see if anything's gotten better. And he was able to guess his password. Um, his password was MAGA2020. <laughs> okay, now Blue needs to enter the like uh, just the yeah. picture of the shocked Pokemon right here. Like the shocked yeah. Pikachu. Yeah. Just needs I would have thought he had done so much better than that. Really? You gave him too much credit. Yeah, my screen so is stuck. I've been I was a little bit I was looking at and poking at this particular story this morning a lot earlier because I know a couple of the people in the Netherlands who were were looking at this and verifying the security researchers identity and whether or not this person was credible. Um, His name is Victor Bevers. And he apparently uh, from the screenshots that I saw kind of got sent to me was um, has attempted multiple times to do ethical and coordinated vulnerability disclosure with multiple people. Um, He was using old password lists. So to the now Twitter has stopped short of full on denying that this was the case. Um, they've they've done things like evade it. They haven't, as far as I know, specifically said that this researcher's story is not true. Um, no one's been able to disprove it yet and no statement's been issued by the White House. However, so as a side note to this, I run this this project called the Nerd List and it is 
uh, passwords in pop culture. So like nerd stuff from movies, things like Hunter 2, um, which has gotten submitted as well because of the Hunter 02 password that apparently was on the Hunter Biden like laptop or something like that. There's no, no way. So There's I so no somebody way. already submitted Trump's password to the nerd list. And I had to ask everybody because of the rules of it. I was like, I couldn't even believe this was happening. Ethically, I have to request that you not commit a possibly working password to the nerd list right now. Uh, because the user may not have been notified and had an opportunity to change his password yet. And I couldn't believe I had to say those words out loud. I, I don't believe yeah. for a second that Hunter02 is anyone's password. Like, that's a really, really old meme. It's it definitely meme. is a lot of people's passwords. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, unfortunately, it really is. It's worked at least once for people who've used it from the nerd list. I know that. Um, and I don't remember if it was the eHarmony leak. Um, but yeah, it's worked a couple times on public DBs. Like, I, like the whole list. So yeah, like the top 10 passwords is just mm -hmm. like, it's insane. Well, there were also just questions around the security controls for this account, mm -hmm. because we, we talked about this in the past where they essentially had to create a, a separate instance, right? Tech, they, this, the, the president, the account, the account for the president is managed a little bit differently. Yeah, so, um, so his account, it's not accessible by general Twitter staff like uh, the other accounts. I don't know if it's just his account. I think it might be all of the U.S. government Twitter accounts. But they had a they had an issue a while back where one of the Twitter employees, either he got fired or it was his last day. And he, yeah. he decided uh, his last day prank was going to be to delete the president's Twitter account. I remember that. It was yeah. deleted for a full 18 minutes. Yeah. Awesome. So they uh, they then took a look and they're like, okay, no one should have access to this. But I don't think those security controls apply to if his password is shared and someone just logs in. Well, not that, but someone logging in from outside yeah, the US. Yeah, there's no IP-based control and apparently there was no location tracking to make sure that they're, you know, to trigger an, an unusual behavior alert for an additional login or two-factor. I'm, I'm honestly I mean, not I mean, surprised. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, 10 years ago, I remember rolling out VPN where we, we actually risk rank where, what IP address is it coming from, what time zone mm -hmm. is it coming from, does this deviate from the norm, and we'll actually reject, some, it'll challenge someone, and even if you have the challenge correct, it'll still reject you if it reach, reaches enough mm -hmm. risk thresholds where it's say, hey, there's something going on, I don't care if you have the second factor. Yeah, like uh, I've had a lot of services where they just they straight up block any commercial server provider like mm -hmm. EC2, OVH, all of those because they are just it's just VPNs. Like there's no one legitimate coming from those IP range. Isn't getting into a Wikipedia editing war though like the best thing ever? Like it kind of yeah so this this philosopher uh constantine fresco devolny they were wrong about the gps uh, um, location on his burial site and i had to explain that because it was in the wrong place in in perlachez so <laughs> I, I was getting angry because this is like it's important where dead people are okay so we are so halloween right now well i was <laughs> he's got this really awesome gravestone like seriously and i wanted to make sure it was just in the correct register that's maybe it's intentional Maybe they wanted the wrong coordinates. They don't want people to Maybe find it that easily. Someone keeps Maybe updating my wiki page to say that I dropped out of college for some reason. Like it really, really Oh my God, you have a wiki page? Oh, yeah. I'm going to go to town on that later. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'll have, have people does, perpetually update that kind of shit. It's not, it's not your fault. Does it's the like Trump this, Twitter thing... Go, go ahead. Uh, sorry, I was just going to say like, 
it just seems like such a like weird thing to keep updating like it it bothers them so much that it says mm-hmm. i graduated college which there's technically i did there's something that makes me think on the trump twitter thing it it kind of gets into this is funny it it is kind of a an argument that applies to much of the infosec industry which is what level of granular control can you force users to comply with, right? But it gets even more interesting with famous people who have a lot of wasta who can be like, no, screw your policies. I'm doing it my way. There's, this is, we're, we're going to blast from the past because we're politicking a bit this episode, like 2016, the whole butter emails thing. If you know about Hillary Clinton and much of what was like going on there was this huge element of what we'll just call persnicketiness, where she didn't want to upgrade her phone. She wanted to stay on BlackBerry and a particularly outdated BlackBerry. Okay, like she boomer. liked the Pearl or something. Mm-hmm. And like her staff kept trying to eBay for these old Blackberries when hers would break. And they, there are people, including tech people, being like, mm-hmm. you know, Madam Secretary, like you can't do that. We have to move you. But if you're a person with enough just juice... That you can be like, screw your good ideas. I'm doing it my way. Like Twitter's a private company. Twitter could say, we have adopted a policy where all accounts that are this big and mm-hmm. this important have to have 2FA and these extra steps. But if a dingus like Trump can be like, screw you, Jack, I'll call you before Congress again to watch, you know, you know, Lindsey Graham yell at you for no reason. Like if you're that big of a, cl- of a person, can you just override it? I like the idea that if you refuse to implement better security controls, they'll take your blue check away. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> that. That would be great. But I again, mean, it like makes it, sense, right? Because they yeah. can't verify like that you're the person that you are. Yeah, exactly. Security Man, controls. That's a winner of an idea. Actually, that's a pretty at the good idea. Business decision. Yeah. Hey, yeah, it's all up. about money. Look at the business drivers. Yeah, it's all yeah. about money. If I mean, by doing that, you're going to piss off enough people where they're not going to use mm-hmm. it anymore. You're going to get less yeah. users of the platform. I, I I think they just made a calculated risk call and say, hey, so what if this is less secure? We're at least getting all the traffic. And that's what matters at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. I mean, they kind of made that mistake. They had recently tagged a couple of his tweets as being disinformation, like Mm -hmm, potential disinformation. And he flipped a shit. So. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Jim Jordan almost put on a a, jacket to yell about it. (laughs) That was a, uh, a, like, uh, that decision came from upper management. Like, they had a talk about that. And they were like, right, we're gonna, we're gonna do this. I don't blame them one bit. It's not bad. They're kind of in a shitty position right now. Yeah, like their their most popular user on the platform who brings the most traffic to the platform is just like they want to do something about him, but they realize from like a business standpoint and from also a legal standpoint, they can't really do shit. That's going to be hard to be in that position where most of your money is coming from someone that you really don't want on your platform in the first place. I feel like their yeah. most popular user must be like a 13-year-old TikTok star, probably. I don't keep up with these things, but I can't be Trump. I'm reasonably sure it's Justin Bieber. Oh, he's got about Justin 30 Bieber. he's got about 30 million more followers than That's Trump. That's like internet stone age. I swear to god. I yeah, but I don't think like, his, like tweets get as much traction though. Yeah, Trump's has yeah. more reach cuz they get cited in basically every Engagement. news article and I think they did stats on like the the new user flow from his tweets versus like other people's. Mhm. Is it just crazy? Yeah, I mean, like, he's bringing in a significant number of people to the platform because he's getting cited in every media publication ever every time he tweets something. 
that people are saying that and they're like, ooh, this Twitter thing, what's that? I should sign up. I mean, they said that like at the very beginning when he first became president, Twitter immediately became one of the leading, like it had been kind of lagging a little bit. I mean, it I was a, it was like a niche thing before Trump. Like yeah. it was, it was kind of a hipster platform. I remember like signing up and like everyone's like, why the fuck are you on Twitter? Like it's all about Facebook. And it's all about dodgeball, like, baby. <laughs> Oh my god. That reference. There's like six people losing their minds right now remembering <laughs> Dodgeball watching this. Oh god. Speaking of watching things, I was like, I don't know. Part of like my brain was like, you should watch the debates tonight, but then my heart was like, but Hocus Pocus is on at the same time. Oh, I don't Pocus. understand why anyone would watch right? the debates. And then Marcus was like, I don't know I'm what watching. Hocus Pocus is. And I was like, it's like one of those like shit. Movies you watch as a kid, but then like you continue to watch it as an adult because you love it so yeah. much. Yeah, you haven't seen Hocus Pocus. Okay, Marcus, you need to watch this. Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> it's on at eight fifty five tonight. Yeah, I I don't know if I'll still be awake. I'm dying here. But now, like, I don't get debates. Like, what is the purpose of watching them? Like, it's the masochism, right? If if you like watching two old white guys yell at, I'm you. here no, for there's the fly. No point in my life where I've been like, this seems like something I would like to watch. Like, if I had any interest in politics, <laughs> like, if I could vote and I needed to know this information, I would just watch the recap on the news. Like, I don't want to watch this in real time. Debates are, are like, stroking and petting the undercarriage of people's taint if you're an undecided voter. Wow. That's what it is. True. Which I don't understand how undecided voters exist at this late in an yeah. election cycle, but that's what a debate is for. So I'm not undecided, but I am registered independent. Hmm. Yeah. I think so. Are we possibly? Uh, I no. thought undecided. You're just I'm supposed to see like the the signs that say who to vote for, and then you just vote for that person. Like I thought that was what the signs were for. <laughs> oh no, I'm a registered Democrat. I remember because I voted in the primaries. There's a there's yeah. enough people that literally do get swayed yeah. by lawn mm -hmm. signs that there are metrics. Yeah, people are like, like the this fact many lawn that signs that is a thing. It just blows my mind. Like I see these lawn signs, and I'm like, who the fuck is like I didn't know how to vote, but like this right. guy's lawn sign it says to or vote. Or the for pamphlets, Biden. like the people mm -hmm. handing out the pamphlets when you're walking into the polls. Like, hold on, and let me stop and read this important pamphlet so I can make an yeah. informed decision. Like the, well, the shirts, like yeah, that's concerning it, because the the people holding pamphlets are morphing into proud boys holding ARs. So that's that's a little true. scarier. Um, there's there's ballot boxes with crazy people standing near them now going, you should vote, wearing like tactical crap. And that's more frightening. Um, it's voter intimidation. It's so crazy. Like it is, it's hard to wrap your head around at times, I think. Like in the UK, if you saw someone wearing a political t-shirt, that person worked for that political party. Like they were a member yeah. of the party looking for your vote. Whereas in the U.S., people just wear them as, like, everyday apparel. And that's just weird to me. People want to feel like they're part of something. People like feeling <laughs> like they're part of something. And whether... I, I, I can't read their minds, but I, I feel like people just want to be part of something, identify. And, you know, in their lives, they may not feel that they have identity in any one way or the other. So they latch onto a party or an idea or a person, whatever it may be. It gives them some People sense do of it meaning. With religion, too. Mm -hmm. QAnon, woo! <laughs> That's going to be a topic I really want to get into a little bit more later on. QAnon like, and, like, mass hysteria and conspiracy theories are, they're not, like, new, right? You've got, mm -hmm. like, 
you know, the Rosicrucians and stuff like that. Super fascinating stuff throughout history. Two podcasts, because I am yeah. Polly fucking podcast up in here. <laughs> American Hysteria and You're Wrong About. They are mm-hmm. two podcasts that deal with mass panics and oh my fucking Seriously, God. interesting. So good. I don't like podcasts and I like that one podcast. So good. Like one of the one of the podcasts. Okay. By the way, who is Tran for Halloween? I, I see the IQ sign in the background. I don't know if that's a certificate. Like a oh, you're CISSB. the hacker. He's the hacker. Put your background on, Tran. Put your background on. Is it, is it a Russian hacker? It looks like a Russian flag on your Adidas. Yeah, Russian hack. I have a Russian flag yeah. right here. And then the sign says, hack America great again. <laughs> okay. And I like that you have the Slav tracksuit on. I figure that's really where you're going with this. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty great, actually. I, you could have done I this just whole really podcast want... at popping a Slav squat, like in front of, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> maybe I'll do that later for the, maybe maybe that can be the, uh, the thumbnail. Dude, I have so many people, when I posted that picture of me in the skeleton onesie the other day, people were like, you should have done a Slav squat. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I wasn't aware that I was crowdsourcing my poses. I'm gonna get some ice. I'll be right back. (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) All you need now, I just, I just want Putin to walk in the background shirtless. Oh my god, Blue, you got to do that. I don't think that's a good idea. Blue, make it happen. Riding a bear in the background. Riding a bear. (laughs) I was talking about that before this, but like, is it wrong that I find him kind of hot? Like, Putin. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's an authoritarian dictator with, uh, you know, no shirt on. So, I mean, history says. So you're saying I don't have daddy issues. I have authoritarian dictator issues. I think well, that's who what daddy doesn't? issues mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Really, Marcus? Is your dad an old guy? What's up, handsome? So I, just, I hope he's listening to this. <laughs> I want him to know I love him. How do you say I love you in Russian? Oh, fuck, I forgot. I know that. And then how do you love say this? Oh, wow. Love is Lyubov, I think. Lyubov is love. So. Is so while you were gone, we determined that I have, um, instead of daddy issues, I have authoritarian dictator issues. Which I've, I've been trying <laughs> to convince her is the same thing. Basically. Is your dad an authoritarian dictator? Because mine isn't. <laughs> well, no, it's what your dad lacks is the daddy issues, right? I mean, my dad might be in that sort of thing. Dude, can I name another awesome podcast? It's just called Why Our Dads. And it's these, my two, like Sarah, who's one of my favorite hosts, and one of her friends who both have horrible dad issues, talking about great American movies featuring good dad characters. All about how the dads are either emotionally distant or good or bad. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the podcast, they always end with one episode, one quick, like, so we know who the dad is in this movie, but who's the daddy? And they talk for like five minutes about that. And it's quite great. Oh, it's... Why our dad? But then they got to go into who is the zaddy. The what? The fuck? <laughs> What's a zaddy? I don't even know how to describe it. How is it spelled? Z A. Oh, Sorry. Urban Dictionary for the win. I know. No, I need to look up the actual definition because I don't remember what it is. This is. It is the first link if you Google Urban Dictionary is the first link. Okay. Fine, Hell handsome, yeah. and sexy-ass intelligent man that makes you smile and drip every time you see him. He knows how to handle business <laughs> in and out of the bedroom. You low-key want to have his baby. He makes all parts of you excited, including your mind. He okay. smells good, looks good, and is good. Last two sentences. So what's the difference between that and daddy, then? 
Yeah. That's like, interesting. I thought they were maybe interchangeable, but... And where does zaddy... Okay, this is fascinating to me. I love how handle business is also a definition. <laughs> he smells is good. It smells zaddy? good. That is a sign of approval. A sign of approval. Or it gets... What happened to being literal? Literally what? We are the old. <laughs> We're the old now. I don't know if you've been on TikTok, but it's like I have, planet, man. I have. Not. I am, I don't tell anybody this, but I'm bad at Instagram stories still, but the rest of it I'm reasonably decent with. TikTok though, that one, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful morass of crazy and fur. <sighs> stories it is, are the nice dumbest escape, feature to honestly. exist on every site. I love Instagram. I no, do. It's don't. the it's the nicest. I I look at pictures of like the Parisian sunsets, like like rooftops and stuff like that. And oh god, it's so wonderful. It's a little mini break. It's the only place I go to look at the ads. It's so nice. Yeah, yeah. I always I tell it. people I'd rather look at people's pictures and look at what they have to say sometimes. So. Mm -hmm. You yeah. look sharp on Instagram. I will say you take very good photos Thanks. and treat them well. I know. I'm definitely catfish. You're what? A catfish. Oh, and you're the catfish. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm a catfish. No, it's true. Okay. Like I, look, I look good in fruit. pictures, and then in real life, people are like, what the fuck happened to me? <laughs> what? <laughs> Who would say that? Whale. No. Chari Don't forget charity case. That oh, yeah. No, I was, I'm was. i a body positivity charity case. <gasps> oh, my God. Huh? That's awful. I've been called much worse. This doesn't make sense to me. Oh, my PC is running super low. I'm gonna grab a power brick in a minute. Yeah, I know you keep you skip you keep skipping a little bit. Oh, do we? Really? Yeah, I think you went into power save mode yeah. or something. Oh, that happened. Yeah. Oh, I'm actually actually like super crit. Hang on. So maybe while Dave gets a, a power cord, maybe we can talk. Actually, we had a couple questions and topics that came in from our cool. viewers. First one, um, Tech, I think this is really more, you probably have more background on this than anyone here, but the question was really around ransomware gangs. How are they moving and advancing as quickly as they are these days? And I think we talked a little bit about this before around how they're basically just enterprises, but criminal enterprises. I mean, yeah, that's basically the answer. It's all big teams and automation. And also management discipline as well. They basically have a corporate structure. Yeah, something like that. There's also supposed to be PR teams now managing charitable donations for some of the bigger ransomware groups. Do you guys see that no, one coming around? I think that was just like a one-off. I don't think any <laughs> of the big groups do that shit. Like I've never even heard of this group that's doing this. I think it's mm -hmm. like some kind of publicity stunt from some like gray hat hacker or something. Cool. Well, money got to charity as long as it wasn't acquired illegally. Which it was. <laughs> it was a gray hat. I mean, it depends on how they got it. I gray mean, hat. He, he stole it from a company. Okay, like, he well, ransomware the company and then no, gave it bad. to charity. Okay. Gray hat yeah, sucks. Like, how, how shitty a company? It's a lot not of companies ethical. suck. It's not ethical, <laughs> and a lot of companies suck. Gray hat sucks. Can I ask a question, being the... Uh, representative outsider, you know, the the cis straight white male doofus who is not representative of the industry. Therefore, Thank you for I'm, serving as our token. I know. <laughs> uh, Pandemic-wise, with people so far from family, I noticed that more and more, you know, and my parents will have computer problems. We were joking earlier about, mm -hmm. like, 
But I've been on signal calls where, you know, signal video call and one of my family is holding a camera to a screen on another device that I don't have remote eyes into. Right. And we are concerned. I, I can't keep my finger on the pulse of how malware is working. Anything different these days about best interests, best practices, best advice for family and friends of, of people watching Usually when someone's like, oh, my shit's fucking weird, the normal answer is like, all right, stop touching it. Give me that. <laughs> Give me that. And then yeah. you like, you touch it for a while. Yeah. But we can't just like pop on over a few cities away or a few states away like we used to. Anything that people should be doing differently? Anything they should be running, not running, clicking, not clicking? That's a really good question. Honestly, I think most of the threats are the same. There's like a couple of COVID themed things like uh, impersonating the... They have like track and trace bullshit in some countries. Mm -hmm. Like you've been, you've come into contact with someone infected with COVID, click this link to find out. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, it's really just the same. Like don't open strange documents, which is really hard to do. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think anything is really particularly different since COVID. Um, a little bit more on the enterprise side, a lot more targeting of VPNs. But, like, unless your family is running a company from their house, like, that's not necessarily a concern. I recently found out from my own company that because of the COVID pandemic and economic hardships that I have been force reduced. So I should open a PDF and get my payout because yeah. I've been fired from my own firm that I own. <laughs> wow. I hate when that happens. You yeah. just get you just get fired as CEO of your own company. When you accidentally fire yourself. Yeah. The worst day. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> Blue, I'm going to send you a screenshot. You could superimpose if you want on that. <laughs> it's so good. Throw another picture of Putin here. I have so many. <laughs> Why do you God. have so many pictures of Putin? Because <laughs> I've just been downloading them and setting them as Zoom backgrounds for like the entire <laughs> time we've been on. You just, you just have a True Crypt drive right now that's like inside a True Crypt drive and it's just named Hearts. Right. That's it. Okay. I was going to go with hearts. Wank Bank, yeah. but that works too. <laughs> okay. So this is, this is a, uh, you're going to have to cut this out if I don't pass it, but I need help on my homework. So I'm, I'm like 20 minutes away from taking the, from taking the GXPN. And this is the advanced uh, GX cert. And I cannot for the life of me figure out how to do two's complement um, of a decimal for a hex for 16 byte hex number, location in memory. So like you're supposed to reverse it and add one and like freaks like you can read hex backwards. Mm -hmm. um, but what what the hell? Like I've got zero X F F F F F F F F F and then I go like zero X F F F F F 30. And I'm just supposed to magically know somehow that that's the twos, that like that's 208 is the twos complement of the decimal of the hex of that. Where's the calculator for that in the Python one liner? I have no idea. Like I feel like yeah. if you do them enough, it's just really remembering oh that is this like i i can't, i don't work them out i'm shit at math it's super intimidating to look at though like to take the stack apart from the base like that it's really intimidating to look at that and then like you know you'll get people who are like oh of course this is just simply do the reverse calculation the twos complement and the decimal and you're like oh simply great just good there's a lot uh, of just coming off of that brother brother it's, it's mostly just apply the school logic to it of just learn mm -hmm. the answers and know what have no idea how to work them out that's what i do great Super helpful to know that you're the expert in malware reversing that I am coming to for my malware reversing certification. <laughs> Thanks for that. I would not consider myself an expert. I use Windows Calculator to do all of my binary math. <laughs>
I'm just making a note of that right now. You're saying you use Calc EXE a lot, huh? Yeah, if you're yes. a malware expert, you have plenty of instances running. <laughs> <laughs> you just, Say, you, just... you like Notepad++? Because do I have a deal for you? <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, I was I was horrible at maths. It, yeah. Well, no, I used to be insanely amazing at maths, but I just lost interest. And as a result, I just don't practice it. And everyone's like, don't you have to be like a maths whiz to be a programmer or a first engineer? And the answer is really just calc.exe, uh, uh, mode, programmer mode. And you can do binary maths just straight out of the Windows calculator. That's literally why we made computers, so we wouldn't have to yeah. math as hard. It's like the, the, the one time they make you calculate the quadratic equation by hand so you know how it works, and then you get to use a calculator forever. I just have to get through one time of understanding how to reverse a stack from the base. That's it. <sighs> okay, fine. I mean, I don't even remember the quadratic equations. It's been so long. Like, it's been, fuck. It's been like three, four years now. since you were in undergrad, you know, in, in elementary school. Longer so. than that. It's like, fuck. It's like 10 years. Yeah. He's getting I, old now. I'm 26. So we're talking like when I was 15. Yeah. Yeah, I'm one of, like, I'm the opposite. I'm really shit at, like, anything to do with tech. But um, I love math. Like, I'm a math nerd. Like, I will take calculus classes for fun math nerd. Like, that's really cool. Um, I've never heard it called cool. <laughs> no, that's really, that's really awesome. What great, what are you like super into any particular topics? Like, I washed out at around nonlinear algebra. No, so, so like in college, I had to take a class on differential equations and I freaking loved it. I um, fucking hate that shit. Polynomials, differential <laughs> equations, quadratics. Like, fuck. I, I had fun with calculus I hated and stuff. It. Cause you, I, I, yeah. Because you, you, all of a sudden, you can figure things out that you always wonder, like, how the heck do you calculate the area under yeah. a curve or whatever? I've like, never Whoa. fucking wondered that. I've never been looking at the curve yeah, like, I, oh, man, I really need that. to know. <laughs> yeah. Why like, does this matter? How much air is under the bridge? If you just right? like, added up all the air under the bridge, but then it's also a three-dimensional space, too, and then it gets really cool at that point, right? Well, it's a three-dimensional curved space. We That's just awesome. learned theoretical. It like wasn't really like applied math, so they're not telling you what the use of this is. They're like, hey, here's this equation. And you're like, cool, Like, what is this for? And they're like, learn the equation. We see, I that's not how I learned all that stuff. How I how I learned it, and I had an amazing, I had amazing teachers in high school and middle school. What they did was, they actually looked at real world applications. Like, why were the, why were people even trying to derive this equation? What were the mm -hmm. problems they were trying that's to really solve? Cool. And then they actually, the teachers walked us through how they derived and discovered this equation and the proof behind it. So it was much more interesting because it, it kind of ties you to what were the people thinking? What was the problem they were trying to solve back then to need this equation or this formula, this technique? So so Gab sent over a couple of spooky questions. This, this is a fun activity. We'll get to learn how creepy each of us are and how weird we are. Um, so I'll ask a couple of questions and you guys, each of you can weigh in if you choose to. Uh, I, I don't think we have to go through everyone. So number one, who likes the taste of blood? It just tastes like metally. It's yeah. yeah. Blood sausage. Blood is the sausage best. is really good. Yeah. <laughs> black pudding. Being creepy, dude, bro. Oh yeah, black mm -hmm. pudding. Yep, that's the scariest good. thing I can be is a white guy in a backwards ball. There you go. You need a white van. <laughs> next. Next one. Would you rather bleed out or be set on fire? Bleed out. I think. Yeah, I'm not gonna get into like personal things but i think bleeding out I think I, yeah i think i would i would want to yeah. bleed out yeah. 
at least it's a peaceful way of going. Yeah. Yeah. Just the wind. Yeah. I've been cut and I've been burned, and I would way rather bleed out. Burning, Burning sucks, awful. man. It's terrible. Like props to the witches that were burned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> props. Congratulations, you did oh, it. Yes. If you were trapped on an island, would you rather resort to cannibalism or die cannibalism. of starvation? Cannibalism. Meat is meat, man. Like at some yeah. point, <laughs> yeah, like, meat's meat. On the grounds that you're not killing perfectly, you know, functional people. Yeah, don't mm-hmm. be Jeffrey. We don't need another Jeffrey. Yeah, no Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. What if? But what if they were perfectly functioning but completely useless well, human right. beings? Then they're not Cut perfectly out. functioning. <laughs> 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 like, did they vote for Brexit? <laughs> <laughs> we're already on an island people <laughs> exactly that's why it's funny well speaking of speaking of cannibalism i think i i mentioned this actually this did not make it no, into the episode yeah, it got cut, cut out and put into a blooper reel yeah um so for those who are interested what human meat tastes like there's actually a recipe on how to simulate the flavor of human meat it's 50 percent veal 50 percent ground pork and you can sprinkle in a little bit of bone marrow in as well. And that's supposed to replicate very closely what human meat tastes like. And this has been verified by anthropologists mm-hmm. that have partaken in cannibalism um, in terms of the smell, the flavor, and the texture. That's just Italian sausage. Pretty much. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> We're all cannibals. Are we, cu- are we cutting no, that out? No, no, I can't even that even. The furtive glance at my own Italian sausage makes the joke. <laughs> that, that's exactly why. I was like, should we cut that out? No, that's- we're good. I'm Jeffrey Tubin on this. <laughs> oh my God. Drop the schwanz. Bam. Oh God. Uh, God, move on. I beg you, please. Okay, so last question here. If there was a zombie apocalypse, which one of us on this podcast would be the first you. to die? Oh, it's definitely me. The British How? guy has no guns. British guy's I, got no guns. The British felon has no guns. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, but the thing is, I can acquire guns. That's not the problem. It's that, like the yeah, you're one COVID step happens, behind us already, infected. honey. Yeah, we are. We're, we're, good. we're already armed, so we're ready That's, to go. Yeah, you said yeah when the COVID happened, you got infected, or you just you just have that kind of luck. Yeah, I just will immediately get there. Dude, like, I come weapons I, are not I a can problem. turn a like, sheep into a sweater I, at a barbecue. I'm good. <laughs> I love that malware tech is a British foreign national barred by law and in California, but probably has the best chance of getting weapons, proving that oh, all right. those things don't matter. Oh yes. my god. But you have bad I mean, luck sometimes. Yes. I feel like you would find the f- the most fun way of going out, though. Much like <laughs> dying of like a drug heart attack or like a surfing accident. Like you're you're one of those deaths. You're gonna have one of those deaths that is like tragic for people who aren't in it, but actually experiencing it, you're like, yeah, this this is on this is fucking on <laughs> brand, and I'm okay with this. You're gonna just don't end up like McAfee on that one. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Just try to avoid the the table piled with cocaine guns. Ironically, a guy who is surrounded by loose women and drugs and could lend his name to malware related industries, like you're on track for that career path. Oh my god! I just haven't fried my uh, brain. Yeah, with you're like moving yet. in and out of countries with questionable documents and status that's unknown, and you got paying money to lawyers. 
<laughs> are you the next? Are you going to run for the libertarian presidency? Because that's, that's actually, we have to stop you. We're gonna... He needs to start putting aluminum foil around his 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 flat to protect himself from whatever, and then and then he's up there. I, I oh. just think I need to do enough MDP that my brain cells die off, and then I will just be the McAfee two point <laughs> No, we will come down there and stage an intervention, young man. <laughs> no, you're not allowed. <laughs> so that's all we have time for today. Um, as usual, you can follow us with uh, hashtag Mawatech Podcast on Twitter or r slash Mawatech Podcast on Reddit. Thank you and goodbye. Scary noise. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.